If I give you some money, I lend it to you, mm-hmm. what am I going to get back? Am I going to get back what I lend to you plus a bit more, right? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on how much I have um, at that well, time. Well, it also depends on what the central bank has said the interest rate should be. Mm, the central bank, yes. I, have I, you been following this? I, I, I've been trying to ignore it because it's, it's rather really kind of confusing, the, the, the messages that I've been getting from Four them. years ago, I read something about the negative interest rates. Interest rates are negative. I haven't seen that on my bank account. I mean, money keeps disappearing. Yes. So. Yes, that's not negative interest rates. That's, that's not it. Uh, that's you ah, spending it. I, I think thought, I thought it's disappearing just, into your stomach, down your throat. You know, onto that nice clothing that you wear. I thought those I orange just, trousers you had on the other day. I thought I was gonna just be able to blame Draghi for all of this. You can do that anyway. Uh, we'll get onto him another time. Four years since they started negative interest rates. I think it's actually about time we knew what's going on before they stop doing it, and then we'll really never get to understand. All right. So, do you think we should get someone on to talk about negative interest rates? Let's let's do it. That's very positive. <laughs> it, is po- it is very positive. But before we do, talking about positive, people should subscribe. That would be the most positive thing they could do right now. And it will make them feel good because being positive makes you feel good. I wonder if negative interest rates makes people not feel good. We'll have to get to that. Subscribe to A Dictionary of Finance on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Stitcher. You can also uh, listen to it now on YouTube because Uh that's where the kids are at. So we're we're going after them, you see, apparently. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So... Subscribe, and in the meantime, uh, rate it as well. So negative interest rates. We've got someone who's very positive here to talk about negative interest rates. It's Marcello Grazioso. I hope I'm saying that yes. exactly right. It's really I really want to get that word right. Some names I don't really care about, and it's easy to say, like, Alar Tankler. You know, actually, how should I say that? That's that's as, as close as um, anyone really gets. Well, let's let's have the real thing. Aller Tankler. It sounds much better like that. And if I was actually Marcello Grazioso, I would say my name like this. Marcello Grazioso. Oh, oh come that's on, better. That's, oh. that's better. I'm just going to edit that in so that every time I say Marcello's name during the course of this it's podcast, like, it's it'll actually, actually be him, him saying it. it. That's good. And people will think, wow, that guy's got great Italian. So Marcello is liquidity portfolio manager in the Treasury Department at the uh, European Investment Bank and has seen financial crisis from many different angles. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about economics and finance and how banks work monetary policy to, uh, to handle the things that they're up against, as central banks, that is. But Marcello, you've seen, well, how many financial crises have you actually been through? Uh, well, I've been uh, through three right now. So because I started working when the, actually the, the bubble burst, the, the internet uh, bubble burst, uh, oh. that was back in 2000. And then uh, I got uh, to see the 2007 crisis, uh, of course, uh, because I was uh, still working at Goldman uh, in the trading desk. So you could actually see uh, the news flow every day that was affecting the daily activity and the sentiment in uh, on the trading floor. 
in fact uh, i remember uh, still uh, as it was yesterday the day that lehman went down uh, there was a lot of chaos uh, email uh, phone calls uh, people being called back at the trading desk immediately there was like 10 p.m uh, in the evening on a sunday so you can imagine uh, you could see the trading desk still uh, like like it if it was daylight so almost full that was the american yeah. investment bank lehman yeah. brothers some yeah. of our listeners uh I don't want to make any of us feel old, but some of our listeners might not really know about that. But it was an investment bank that Correct. went went bust in two thousand and eight. Yes, and wow. then uh, basically, when I joined the, here, the European Investment Bank in two thousand and ten, uh, there was the the, the sovereign uh, crisis that kicked in. So you, I could actually also look at that uh, from from a different perspective, which was the the, the, the mostly a, po a political. Let's say view, uh, of course, with the financial uh, and economic implications, because uh, even a political crisis becomes an, a financial and uh, an economic crisis uh, eventually. So it was interesting, uh, good times uh, in bad time. Let's say. Did, so did you come to Luxembourg uh, because you wanted to follow uh, the crisis? crises, or did you have some other uh, secret reason? For no, it? no, it was mostly personal uh, reason to to reunite uh, with my wife uh, here in Luxembourg and. Uh, uh -huh. Ah, just like you, Allah. just like me. Yes. Yeah. It's where's a that? romantic story? Yeah. And you? No, I dragged my family uh -huh. here. They they loved it. My wife is American, so she looked at all the pictures of Luxembourg and said it's so cute, and she wanted to come here right away. So let's get on to negative interest rates. We all know what an interest rate is, particularly if we've listened to the second podcast, the third podcast we did. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that because it'll explain everything you need to know about interest rates. But I think the main thing that we were getting at there is that someone gives you something and you give it back to them plus a little bit more. That's the interest. It keeps you interested, right? Well, how can that be negative? Why would I give you something uh, if I'm going to get back even less? Is that how it works? Well, uh, exactly. So let's start, uh, I think, uh, first by saying that uh, the nominal interest rates that we are talking about right now being negative uh, been uh, kind of a new news for for everybody uh, it's kind of an uncharted territory which uh, we we started walking along uh, together in the financial industry i mean everybody together with the decisions made by the banks by the central banks while in um, reality in life uh, real interest rates have been negative so but uh, it's uh, not that common to look at uh, the real interest rate uh, when you make a financial assessment or uh, assumptions or also look at the financial real, decisions. Real interest rates meaning nominal interest rates minus inflation. Correct. Right? Okay. Correct. So basically the, nom the, the, the interest rates nominal and, uh, and real are uh, attached to inflation and uh, depend on inflation. So it depends on the targets of the central banks uh, at the point uh, where, where they see the economy going uh, if, whether there is uh, too much inflation or too low inflation. In, the, in Europe, uh, for example, there was the case of a uh, fear of deflation with uh, prices going down. That's uh, what moved uh, most uh, of the central banks to start uh, uh, basically going into negative territory in terms of uh, re interest rate, nominal interest rates. And so can, can you explain how, how that works in practical terms? Uh, so 
a, a central bank um, declares the interest rate to be negative something. Let's say it's minus yeah. 0 0.5. How does that, how does yeah. that affect so, the end user yeah. on the street? So uh, first of all, uh, let's say from the central bank setting uh, the nominal interest rates negative to like, let's say in the Europe uh, minus 40 basis points, which is minus 0.4%. That means that uh, if a bank uh, has uh, in the market, a commercial bank, a wholesale bank uh, has excess uh, cash, that needs to place uh, outside, then uh, it can go to the central bank, place the cash and get minus 0.4% in return, which mm -hmm. basically means uh, getting less mm -hmm. at the end of the tenor. This is for the overnight uh, deposit facility, of course. So basically by doing that, uh, the central bank was kind of discouraging the wholesale banks or commercial banks to place cash at the central bank and make use of those cash via investing in different assets, uh, providing more loans to the outside world uh, and everything else. In uh, reality, then, uh, when uh, uh, we see uh, the full transmission po uh, mechanism, let's say, the negative interest rates charged by the central bank to the commercial banks uh, didn't actually touch in direct, so direct than uh, the common, uh, like me or you, mm -hmm. the common person on the street because uh, the commercial banks and retail banks in this case, they didn't set the interest uh, uh, paid on uh, our deposit to negative territory. They kept it to zero, so mm -hmm. fine, which is good. We don't, mm -hmm. uh, we don't get paid, but actually we don't, get, we don't pay uh, more. But why didn't they do that? Was it, was it because uh, some of the contracts that we signed with those banks when we opened the accounts didn't allow them to? No, no, they had the flexibility, of course, to change the, the contract, let's say, and uh, the conditions. Like uh, you see that reflected uh, mainly in the fees that you're paying. So they, they do tend to go up every now correct. and then. Yes. So they basically made up for the loss of income on the net interest uh, margin, let's say, via increasing the commission, the fees income. So that, so, sounds, that sounds like it didn't really work then. If, if the central well, bank is trying to get the money out there, but all that's actually happening is that the commercial banks are saying to you and me and other, you have to pay higher fees, that doesn't actually encourage me to say, it's time to go out and spend. Well, uh, let's say again, uh, um, they couldn't set the interest rates to negative because otherwise there would be a, a, like uh, there would be fear of a bank run. So mm -hmm. imagine uh, all the, the account holders going to the bank and took the money out uh, and just uh, in order not to lose. They would go to the more, bank and right? say it's going to be less, so I have to take it out or run on the Correct. bank. Like the one in Mary Poppins, which we've referred to mm -hmm. before on, mm -hmm. uh, on this podcast. It's becoming the Mary Poppins podcast. Yeah. Is there somewhere in this chain that it actually has worked? Uh, well, um, investments uh, honestly have gone up uh, and we see now in, in terms of uh, picking up of the economy. Of course, as I said before, the, uh, this was an uncharted territory for everybody. So models, uh, economic models, macroeconomic models of uh, rates cut or rates increase uh, have been always there uh, and with different names attached uh, of uh, major economies in the world. But nobody had ever seen uh, things uh, going negative. So the zero 
let's say, was more was also seen as a kind of a behavioral floor. Let's say, you know, you you cannot go to ze- below zero. Well, come on, you know. Uh, that was the the idea, let's say. Uh, but uh, when uh, so the, the central bank had to start moving in uh, in a, in a, uh, along the way with us. So there were no uh, empirical data showing that if the d- rates were going to be negative, this would happen. So everything is a new for them as well. So they 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 basically the central bankers uh, and uh, all the economists uh, looking at the data, they see the different changes in data from time to time. But of course, it took a, a long time. I mean, we are talking about uh, 2014 when the first cut uh, into negative territory was made by the central bank. And uh, we are now in 2018 and we are seeing a bit of uh, economic uh, growth uh, kicking up. Um, so uh, there are no more fear of deflation. So I can say, I mean, uh, personally, uh, that uh, it has worked. Maybe they could have gone, uh, 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 the central bankers uh, could have gone more, uh, let's say, more direct and with more power, let's say, instead of uh, touching just a bit, maybe just going, uh, let's go to minus 1% all of a sudden. But mm-hmm. uh, of course, they didn't do it. As I said, uncharted territory, they had to move with caution and um, by looking at how the data would react. This was the European Central Bank in this Frankfurt. Was, uh, yeah. was, is that the only central bank? No, there are a number of central negative? banks. So yeah, I think the um, Denmark, Sweden, uh, Switzerland, of course, uh, they all cut rates in uh, 2000, in, uh, around uh, the summer of 2014. They started doing that. Uh, and of course, the difference uh, is also country-related, you know. Uh, the, the ultimate uh, effect would be a devaluation of the currency because if you bring down the rates your uh, currency got devalued which is what they obtained uh, partially in the euro of course there were contrasting forces that didn't devalue the euro much but for example in switzerland was the opposite the, the swiss franc was uh, extremely overvalued then uh, it got stronger yeah. so they had to intervene uh, fixing the link the exchange rate with the euro so can we just walk through why the uh, why the interest rate um why bring it down the interest rate would devalue the currency? Yeah, because basically uh, it makes uh, your currency less uh, attractable. So mm-hmm. we would do that. You would have uh, it's a supply and demand effect basically. So if uh, your currency is not earning mm-hmm. that much, uh, then people would not want to hold the currency. Mm-hmm. So would sell the currency. Mm-hmm. The currency get devalued. But on the other side, that's good for exports, for mm-hmm. example. So it increases your exports, your trade balance goes up, and your output eventually goes up. Mm-hmm. So that was the link that the central bank was trying to make because uh, economic growth uh, non-existent in Europe, uh, in the Eurozone, they tried to push the output and uh, basically and uh, de- being a fierce of deflation if you push the output then uh, your supply again a demand effect uh, you have more request more demand for your goods the prices of your good go up 
Mm-hmm. So it is It is all, always very complicated, actually, isn't it, as dedicated listeners of this podcast will know. So when you think, ah, we'll do the interest rates and the inflation, but then suddenly you've got to think about the currency and what happens there. So everything is always connected, which leads me to ask, was this thing with the interest rates making them negative the only thing the central banks were doing? They, they thought that would solve everything? No, exactly. You you were right. I mean, this is one of the tools that uh, one of the tools that they used, and uh, of course, then the, in the case uh, of the European Central Bank, for example, we can talk about that. They started the, the quantitative easing like the Fed did, so they increased the size of the balance sheet, and uh, and we've seen for the first time a European Central Bank going active in the market and buying governance uh, sovereign uh, so government bonds sovereigns uh, and uh, and other assets then they extended the their asset purchase program to other assets and so mm-hmm. they start buying abs so asset backed security covered bonds and so in a in a, ma- in a way of uh, like let's say providing still more liquidity to the to the to the market mm-hmm. And uh, on the contrary, I mean, uh, the side effect was that uh, there were uh, less assets to buy for the, let's say, for the in- investors out there, for pension funds, insurance companies, or the mm-hmm. trading desk uh, of uh, corporate banks, uh, wholesale banks. There were, uh, out of the blue, the, the supply has diminished in the market. So there are not many assets that were... Uh, where the uh, institutional investors can diversify their portfolio. So in that sense, it seems like the two measures work against each other. With the, with the interest rates, they're trying to tell tell you that you know don't keep your money in the bank, go and invest. At the same time, with the quantitative easing, they're buying up the assets to invest in. So what do I do with my money? In a way, yes, correct. That's why uh, we've seen a lot of uh, institutional investors sitting uh, on, uh, on a huge amount uh, of, uh, of cash in these uh, this past months and years, uh, basically. And um, if you go from uh, from here, I mean, um, of course, some of them have uh, increased the, 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 the um, some banks have uh, seen also the, the since the, the rates went down, they've seen also their uh, refixing of the loans that they made as assets basically going down. So they started on the other side to increase the, uh, the, the their loan activity which is which was good to sustain the the, the economy in a, mm-hmm. uh, in a way so we've seen a lot of uh, let's say side effects uh, that uh, that as i said uh, in hindsight with the benefit of insight uh, we can see they're working so uh, but essentially what they were trying to do is is to say okay you're you're a bank you've got some money normally you would give it to me but I'm going to give you a negative interest rate, so you won't. And then also, I'm going to go out and buy all the safe investments that you would have put your money into. Yeah. So now you have to put your money into In riskier into riskier stuff, which is, which is where the this central bank wants you correct. to Correct, and this improved the credit uh, quality out there, actually. So that was a good sign, because uh, diversifying the asset into riskier investment then they makes uh, credit quality overall uh, better because it lowers basically the risk premium of the assets along the curve and mm. uh, it's again supply and demand so uh, risk premium go down uh, basically flat along the curve uh, and uh, it's uh, it's working i mean as i said uh, i was very skeptical personally speaking uh, this is my opinion again so 
when I saw rates going negative back in 2014, uh, I was very skeptical. But uh, if we could look at that, you know, back in time in 2014 with the data that we now have, it, it it's actually worked. So it's, it's working. So eurozone we've seen a pick up in the in the economic activity and uh, but it's still uh, negative interest rates. Still negative interest rates and uh, still will be at least until September this year. So talks uh, are uh, about uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank, uh, start uh, uh, starting to taper what we call in financial uh, terms, let's say. So basically go reducing the asset purchase that they make and bringing back the, 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 the rates to positive uh, level, first to zero, then to positive. You mentioned a, a term a little earlier, which I want to ask you about, liquidity. Yeah. What's liquidity and, and where does that really come into this whole thing? Well, liquidity comes in the fact that the comes into play because, uh, as I said, uh, um, the, the European Central Bank cutting rates provides liquidity to the market already. That's the monetary tool that they use. And uh, the central bank uh, assessing a certain type of uh, market, which was the investment grade uh, bonds that they started buying, gave uh, left, as I said, the, the institutional investors with more liquidity out there to, 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 to buy more assets and eventually they... The, we've seen a, 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 a large, as I said, large pile of cash uh, held at the, at the banks everywhere in Europe uh, in the past years. So then they need liquidity managers. They need liquidity managers. How does this affect the, the Treasury Directorate where you, where you are at the European Investment Bank? You've got all this money. You can't just hold on to it. So what do you do with it? And you can hold on to it, but it'll become less than it is now. So what what do you do with it? Yeah, yeah, no, of course we have our investment guidelines, and we need to 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 use the cash and go out there in the market, and of course we wherever possible we we buy all the um, assets uh, that uh, are eligible for our investments, uh, and of course we've seen a hit um, yeah, because we the, I think. Uh, in the past uh, four years, uh, three years and a half, I mean, uh, there's not a single asset with positive interest rate that we bought. We are very conservative uh, institution and we have uh, strict guidelines, of course, and, um, but uh, in terms of our liquidity, we manage it uh, up to one year maximum in terms of uh, investment uh, maturity. And uh, with, uh, I wouldn't go in much detail about our guidelines, which are more restrictive because it's uh, the weighted average life of our portfolio is even smaller than uh, the one year. So, um, but uh, we've seen a hit in the terms of in terms of our uh, investment. Uh, we bought all assets our uh, at negative rates. And uh, but in the in general, uh, has to be said that uh, the treasury in any bank uh, uh, is a cost center. So because uh, cash is expensive to to hold, so mm-hmm. so <laughs> managing cash is expensive. So it, uh, of course we have our internal measures uh, where uh, we make our calculations on uh, on the let's say the economic contribution and financial contribution that we made, and uh, being the benchmark rates also negative, we can d- demonstrate that we managed to invest our cash 
in an effective way, mm. in a productive way anyway. So, although at negative levels. It will be very interesting to see what happens after September and uh, maybe, maybe your job will become easier managing that cash with uh, slightly more positive interest rates afterwards. Well, it depends, of course. Uh, in, it's always a matter of uh, supply and demand, as I said. So, of course, the ECB going out of the picture, hopefully, then uh, that means that uh, they brought the, the world, the economic world, to a new starting point where uh, people will have uh, to adapt to new to new size and new investment uh, profile uh, and investment activity. So. The activity is going to be there. Uh, as I said, I was scared about that in 2014, but uh, actually the market uh, kept working. So, of course, the, we've seen uh, the yield curve going down massively and flat, uh, at least in the short end. Uh, up to two years, it was basically flat, but, uh, but things have worked. So. We, we're going to bring this to a close in a moment as soon as you've told us what the yield curve is. Okay, the yield curve uh, is basically if you put uh, the return, interest rate on one axis, let's say, maturity on the other one, it basically shows uh, where uh, the dif at different point in time what's your, uh, let's say, expected interest rate. Uh, so between, the, between like a bond, of a, a note of one year and a bond of correct. 30 years all the way out like that. Yeah, and usually it's uh, upward sloping in a normal environment with positive interest rates and positive risk premium and positive term premium. Uh, in, uh, in our case, uh, right now, we've seen the rates uh, going negative, curve flattening across all maturities because of the, uh, basically, the term premium was brought down to zero and the risk premium, as I said, was basically also brought down to zero because the, let's say, the objective of the central bank was to uh, push for uh, the, the other banks to for uh, riskier profile, uh, riskier assets, so that uh, again supply and demand, that uh, more supply for riskier assets brings down the, the risk premium, and uh, so it's it it, it worked. <laughs> It worked. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the takeaway. It worked. Okay, good. It is complicated stuff. I thought our Bitcoin episode last week was uh, complicated or even the one before on Bitcoin part one. But, you know, you can uh, listen to them and compare to see whether Bitcoin is more complicated than quantitative easing and negative interest rates. I feel positive about this particular podcast. I think it went very well. Don't forget to subscribe. A Dictionary of Finance from the European Investment Bank. <laughs>